morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, and welcome back. Welcome back to another Porsche Cooled podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things Porsche. Uh, Steve is going to join us shortly from Australia. Uh, those of you who have been following us and listening to our podcast regularly, and I know there's a lot of you now, uh, Steve and I chat through Zoom. Steve is my mate from Sydney, Australia, who owns a 997 GT3. Um, so Steve will be online soon. Uh, in the meantime, I just want to say welcome. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for listening to the Porsche School podcast. This podcast is um, obviously available everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, pretty much everywhere, every podcast platform you can find us. I also put this podcast up on my YouTube channel. Uh, my YouTube channel is Michael Bath, where I talk about my, um, have been talking about my story, my 997 Carrera, uh, as well as um, watches and things like that. If you're interested in watches, check that one out. Um, and also we have the Porsche Cooled Instagram. Uh, come over, say hello, and give us a follow. That would be fantastic. All right, so let's get Steve on the line. Uh, it's evening in Sydney, Australia. It's morning here in Bahrain, where I'm based at the moment. So let's get Steve and start chatting all things Porsche. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Porsche Cooled podcast. Uh, Steve is here. Hi, Steve. Hi, mate. How are you going? I'm well. I'm well. I tell you what, that's the one good. thing that's nice about living in Bahrain is that it's always sunny. It is always sunny, yeah. <laughs> does, it, does it actually ever rain? Yeah, it does rain. And, and when it rains here, um, and I think I might have said this to you once before, but when it rains here, it, is, um, it floods yep. very easily because yeah. there's not a lot of drainage. You know what I mean? Because of yep. the sand, they yep. don't really have, there's not really curb and guttering systems and, and drainage. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, yep. it, it actually floods a lot. Yeah, mm. so it, um, it floods really easily, but um, the, the sunny weather is great. I've been going to the, I've been sitting around the pool here and going to the gym, so it's actually been quite good. <laughs> cool. Um, all right, so the Porsche Cool podcast always starts with my COVID update, so we're going to have the COVID update. Um, COVID cold, yeah. <laughs> the COVID update is I just went, uh, I actually, we started recording this podcast a little bit later today because I had to go and do my, um, what they call an exit test, Steve. Uh, the exit test is... Um, that doesn't sound promising, mate. Is, does that involve a big, big long rubber glove? Yeah, they've got, they're all fully, they're all in their full hazmat or whatever gear you call that, the protective gear. Um, but it's in the exhibition center here in Bahrain, which is actually very near where we live and they've got a drive-through um, testing center. <laughs> Yeah, so so people pay so people pay to watch you get tested. Yeah, no, with a big rubber yeah. glove. This is this is getting worse by the second. No, it's actually. I have to say, Bahrain is and Bahrain is pretty organised. You know what I mean? Like they're they're actually very organised the way they do it. It's on an app, and because you have an identity card here, it's like you know your your number is you, so they know who you are. Literally, when you check mm -hmm. in, you get a message on your phone straight away that you've already done the test, but you're still waiting in yep. the queue because you go through these tents and then you go to a a window where there's like a doc, a nurse and then she takes all your information. You give you your ID cards, your CPR cards, they call them here. Um, mm. And then you get checked off and then you drive through a little bit. You just drive through like one car space and then the doctor comes out. Um, but I have to tell you, you know, from my last story last week about uh, getting the long stick stuck up your nose, this one literally <laughs> took, I'm not kidding, this one literally took, it's still a stick, and you have to look up and look at your light on your, you know, on your roof of your car because you don't get out of the car. You sit in the car. Um, and it literally I'm took sorry, two... I just have to keep putting bad innuendo in. It's better than bending over. Yeah, true. And it looked like, it looked like, <laughs> no, on, you're right. And it, 
you know, I was getting nervous before it. I was saying to Tasha, I was saying, you know, I don't want to do this. You know, my throat is drying up because of the thought of the airport one. But literally, it was so much easier. And you literally just look up at the, the, the roof of your car and then they do it. And he was really quick. And I had to say to him, I said, you are, the this was so much better than the airport. You know, the airport one, I said it was painful. My eyes watered. He said, that's because they're not doctors. So, <laughs> unfortunately, it seems that the ones at the airport, when you get off your flight in Bahrain, they're like volunteers. Uh, just the woman people. just kept sticking it up further and further because she thought she was going to miss something, which she actually said to me. And this guy was so much easier. So at least that's done now. And then hopefully the results are negative and the results will come through in the next few days. Because, you know, we just found out that our building building in London, that our concierges mm. in London, half of them are all COVID positive. Mm. They, were, they, were, oh, yeah. they got tested and they're COVID positive just after we left. So it was a bit of a worry Oops. thinking, oh, you know, maybe you've come in contact with it because, you know, I talked to the yeah. guys there. Um, yeah. And... You know, so hopefully it comes through negative. We'll have hopefully we'll have the result in a few hours. So I'm sure it will. I'm, I don't feel sick, so that should be okay. Maybe the um, airport people, are, um, the janitors, just kind of earning some extra cash on the side. No, they literally they they just get volunteers. I mean, they're, they're volunteers. Most of they're not in, they're not Indians or Filipinos or anything like a lot of the workers here. They're actually. <laughs> No, no, Can't they're actually, that, yeah, no, but because a lot of the, no, because, you know, because they're still, they're still Arabs, they're still Bahrainis, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, why can't I say that? That's you not, know, nothing. Yeah. I'm not saying anything bad. I've got friends who are Filipinos here. There's nothing wrong with, you know, no, and, no, and no. Indians. In, so. um, in Sydney, um, they've set up like lots of drive-through ones as well. Like you just kind of drive around and then you sort of notice a little sign by the side of the road and they've set up. Um, drive through things in car parks. Um, right. No, look, I've still I, not had the need to be tested, but I'm assuming it's going to happen at some point. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, you know, Bahrain is fantastic. They really do have it set up well. Um, but the last week I've been driving in Bahrain, and like I've only been away from Bahrain for what? I went to London for six weeks in London, seven weeks in London where I wasn't driving. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I tell you, the dri- I really have had a couple of near misses this week, and I just. I just don't understand, like, you know, people just cutting across three lanes in front of you, no indicator. It's it's like dodging cars, it really <laughs> is. I feel like I'm on a motorcycle and I have to look in every direction, you know. I'm always like like when I used to drive my bike and, like, always watching. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, back so. in your motorcycling days. Yeah. I thought about I should get another one, actually. I thought about that, too. But <laughs> I thought, no, maybe not. I don't know if I have any listeners from Bahrain. I don't, it doesn't show up on stats. I probably don't. Um, but I'm not saying anything bad about Bahrain. I don't have a problem well, at all. Possibly a good reason for that. Mm. But maybe, I don't know. Maybe we do. Maybe we don't. Anyway, mm. um, Porsche cool story, Steve. Um, it okay. seems like everyone's been enjoying uh, the two that we've done so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially Nick's ones, actually. Nick's, Nick's ones actually been more popular than than the second one, which was with James, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but that could just mean that Nick's one's been up for longer. But I'm sure Nick will be happy yep. about that when he's listening. People seem to enjoy enjoyed his uh, Portugal story. Um, so I'm trying to tie up some new people. I just didn't have the time to do it, and that's why we didn't have one this Tuesday. The Tuesday just gone. Um, but as I said, Steve, it's not going to be every Tuesday. It's a lot of work to get two podcasts up in a week, and as well as doing a day job that we both you and yep. I do. Uh, and this is what we do as as a passion on on the side. Um, like I said, it's it's something we're we're trying to keep going, and but we do have to do our day jobs. So that's why I couldn't get one up. But I have uh, mm. been on my DMs on Instagram, and I have been 
uh, talking to people. Um, so hopefully I've got two people lined up already, another two, and hopefully another one which is, is, is uh, that I messaged today. So hopefully okay, cool. all going well, I can record that in the next few days and that'll be up next Tuesday. So that's happening. Um, and also, uh, as you know, Porsche Cooled, you can join Porsche Cooled membership on Patreon. I'm not going to do this very long because I know it's, it's boring if I do it every episode. But I do this because I want to do a shout out to a new member. But we do have Patreon on, um, sorry, we do have Porsche Cooled membership on Patreon. You just go to patreon.com and you search Porsche Cooled. Uh, it'll come up straight away. Uh, US $5 a month. And you receive benefits such as 24-hour early access to all episodes. You get a shout out in the next podcast. And you'll get an invitation to upcoming live streaming Q&A chats, video chats uh, that are going to be planned when we have, you know, some more members. Maybe when we get over 50 members, we'll do that, but not at the moment. Um, and also, I just wanted to say Porsche Cloud exclusive is what I've called that $5 tier. Um, it's limited to 300 members. Um, I may introduce a, a higher tier than that in, in the future, um, but at the moment, that's the highest tier. Um, so that's where we're at. But anyway, I just want to say uh, hello and thank you to the new member, uh, which is Marcus. Marcus has been a long-term subscriber to my YouTube channel. Uh, he also follows, follows Porsche Good on Instagram because he's always sending me comments and, and likes to things. Um, so I want to say thanks to Marcus. Marcus joined um, Porsche Good exclusive as well. So now we have four members, Steve, on Patreon, four Porsche Good members. Okay, Marcus. Cool. Um, and the other thing I found during the week, which I, I sent you the link, uh, Steve, was for that book. Um, and it's called The Porsche Effect Book, which is from the exhibition that was held in the Peterson Museum in L.A. Hmm. Um, I was actually trying to search out how I came across that is I was trying to search out for the poster because the illustration of that exhibition that was done for Porsche's 70th uh, anniversary for the 9-11 yep. 70th anniversary or whatever in 2019 or 2018, whatever it was, um, there was a poster and I was trying to search out the poster and then I came across the book on the Peterson Museum's shop, um, which yep. was $100 US down to $30 US, which I sent to you. But unfortunately, the shipping anywhere out of the US is $100, as you noticed as well. Otherwise, I would have... Yeah, I, it was like 119 US to kind of ship it to Sydney. And it's like, mm, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I actually even put in two to the cart and... and check for Sydney to see if we could, if the shipping wouldn't change, but the shipping actually went up to 200. So, because I thought yeah, we could right. just send two. Um, but it's a really yep. good book. Uh, if, you're in a, if you're in the US, go to the Peter, Peterson Museum's um, museum shop, um, because seriously, it's a signed limited edition for that Porsche Effect um, exhibition. And it's hmm. a real, I've seen inside the book, I actually found a review of it, and it's actually a really, really good book. Um, but like you said, uh, for that much shipping, it's, it's, it's a lot. But I guess the book is 70 US off, but Anyway, yep. that's just something I came across, and we're always looking at Peterson new books. Museum. Mm. The, sorry, the Peterson Peterson Museum's also um, ramping up their kind of YouTube presence too. I think they're doing lots of videos. Yes, they are because the Peterson Museum is, and I can't think of the guy's name. He's uh, Bruce Meyer. Bruce Meyer has a yeah. lot to do with it, and Bruce Meyer is the guy yeah. that owned um, Steve McQueen's three five six. And then sold yep. it back to Steve McQueen. You know, actually, I heard an interesting story the other day. Did you listen to the, the Spikes Car Radio where he had Rob Schneider on? Uh, yeah, I did. And it was very interesting. And I, I don't understand because, you know, I think Spike's great and Zuckerman. But it's weird how he didn't actually have his... He didn't actually know that Rob Schneider said, oh, you own... He asked him if he owned a Speedster. And then he said, oh, did you yeah. own the 58 blue one? And he said, no, I own the 55 black one. 
And the 55 black one that Rob Schneider owned was actually Steve McQueen's Speedster, the one that he bought before the one that Bruce Meyer bought and then resold back to Steve McQueen. So he actually had the earlier one. And I thought it was very I remember that sort of moment in the podcast, but I'm not familiar enough with the cars that they're sort of um, referring to. But what I thought was interesting is I don't really like Rob Schneider. I find him annoying in his movies and everything. But in, in, the, in mm. that uh, podcast, I thought he was actually okay. And then he said um, he'd sold it because someone in China had basically, like <laughs> Spike said, where is Offered it? He said in China, well. Offered him so much money yeah. that he couldn't like, <laughs> you know, he couldn't resist. Yeah. Um, but Zuckerman back- says the same thing. There's sort of like a price. Everything has its price basically and he'll, he'll let it go if you kind of give him enough money. Well, you know, if you love it, you love this this three five six speedster so much. But if you paid, you know, five hundred, I mean, I think I think the cheapest speedster you can buy is something like five hundred thousand US dollars. By the way, even if you want a speedster now, I think it's wow. like up okay. that high. You know, if someone offered you yeah, a million right. for a car you paid five hundred thousand for, well, you'd, you'd seriously have to consider selling it, wouldn't you? Because yeah. you could find a new one which you probably love just as much, or something else you'd love just as much. Um, it's just guess, funny at that sort of money too. I think we've kind of touched on it before, like. If it's if it gets to that kind of cost, um, you'd just be too just kind of scared shitless to drive it, basically. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? And I think that's what that's what Nick Murray's getting a lot of flack about with that nine nine three convertible he's got. But he says he doesn't want to fix the paint up because he just wants to drive it. He just wants to, it to yeah, be like not a daily driver. It. And it's kind of true, isn't it? You know, I know when I drive even the Audi here, I don't care. Like I run into things and bump into things and curb the gutter, and I don't care about it. I don't know if I'd be the same if it was an old Porsche, though. I still think I'd be a little bit precious, even if it yeah. had a lot of patina and markings. I don't think I'm I'm not normally that sort of person. You know what I mean? Exactly. I kind of thought that, strangely, most, and maybe it's a different conversation, but I reckon most car enthusiasts, like it doesn't matter if it's a, you know, $200,000 GT3 or a um, $20,000 Golf. Every kind of car I've owned or like my partner's owned sort of thing, like I still wind up kind of treating it the same way with... A lot of care and mechanical sympathy and all of that sort of stuff, but I guess that's slightly different from the first world problem of driving a you know two fifty Ferrari short wheelbase around. Like you, you probably want to drive the guts out of it because it's such a fun car, but then it's worth so much that you um, you're too scared to kind of do it. But imagine driving um, a thirty million dollar car; you'd be just you'd be just too scared. Yeah, no. Even a Pagani or something like that, you'd be too scared. See, my, my, my thing about keeping things clean and whatever, it, it started early, you know. Even when I had my mm. push bike when I was a kid, I used to wax my push bike. I used to polish the paint yeah. on my push bike, you know. My push bike was the shiniest in the street. You know what I mean? I yes. was just like so, that. Speaking of Baganis, did you see that, um, that little clip of a GT2 RS on a track in Italy and it um, took out a, I think it was a, a Huayra. I don't think it was a Zonda, a Bagani. Really? This looked like a private track day, and it looked like the GT2 possibly lost its brakes or whatever, but it went straight into the side of the Huayra, like a massive wow. crash. No, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I have to do a search. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, the guy in the Huayra, like, obviously, it's from a distance. You couldn't see anything, so you're just reading body language. But um, he looked um, very accommodating, very understanding, sorry. Yeah, like... Didn't want to kind of, you know, throw punches or anything like that. Not like the um, other thing that happened in the news. Did you see the um, go-karting thing? No. 
Uh, I'll look it up. It happened yesterday or the day before. Um, a go-kart fight? I think a go-kart championship and um, somebody ran some guy off the road. So he waited till the guy came back around and he threw like a bit of his um, go-kart at him. Really? Yeah, People yeah, really crazy. dangerous. And then at the end of the race, he, um, he and I think his dad kind of went him as well. Like, wow. Uh, so everybody's been calling for lifetime motorsport bans for him. Um, but I think road he's rage. actually kind of... Road quit. rage in the Yeah, massive road rage. Massive road rage. Anyway, sorry, tangents. People's temper. I mean, I think people, a lot of people are on edge at the moment as well. It probably doesn't help. Yeah, true. The situation a lot everywhere. of pent up. People are all pent up trying to act like everything's right and things aren't right. Yeah, um, absolutely. Back to Porsche. Um, the other thing I just wanted to mention is there's a channel on YouTube called 911 South. Uh, the guy does videos about his 911 journey, I guess. Mm. He does. He shoots them quite well, actually. The footage is quite good. Um, he had a 993. He bought a 993. I'm not sure how long ago. And he's documented most of the work he did to it, Steve. He put, like, rough mm -hmm. wheels on it. He stripped out the, mm -hmm. the frunk. Um, he changed the front... Uh, arrow to like the turbo arrow i think it's just a 993 carrera he had manual yep. um yep. but i was interested i watched a video last night and i just said to you earlier i, I watched a video and um he's actually sold that 993 because right. he wanted to have an air cooled. i think he had a 996 cab before that he bought a 993 and now he's sold the 993 he's bought a 991 carrera s but he's going right. to do um i just want to tell the listeners because he's going to do a whole build series on it and I think you should check it out because I think it might be quite interesting, especially if you're interested in a 991 and what you can do to a 991. And he's gonna, mm -hmm. I think he's gonna cover all the options that he's gonna do to it. And he's gonna do a lot to it. He likes to um, do things to his to his car, to his Porsche. Yeah, right. Um, so that's 911 South, which is a good name. Um, 912s, as I just told you, I did a bit of, I've been doing some stupid research. And you know, my problem is I don't wanna spend all my cash on a 912. Uh, and you're talking about, <laughs> you know, even getting one from the US. And there's a really, really good green one at European Collectibles where Jerry Seinfeld mm -hmm. has bought his Porsche from before. I think the Porsche that ended up being a fake or something or something was wrong with the thing. I think that's the dealer, European Collectibles. I don't think it was oh, a fake, right. but it's that dealer in the US. And they've got a there's really no nice... There's no way Jerry Seinfeld's going to sell a fake. <laughs> no, no, they, he bought it off European Collectibles. And then he, did you hear that story? He sold the... No. I, I don't know the whole story, so I probably shouldn't talk about it. And Jerry Seinfeld sold it onto someone else, and then someone else said it was Yeah, wasn't, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I don't know the ins and outs of the story. But apparently the car originally came from European Collectibles. Hmm. That's where Jerry Seinfeld bought it from. Um, they have some great cars, actually. It's a good site. You should check it out. It's actually it's nice just to look at them. I mean, they've got some nice ones. They had an, they had an orange RS on there a while back. But they've got a, a green, an Irish green 912. I think it's mm -hmm. a 68 model. Um, the 69 model is better because the 69 model is long wheelbase where the wheels were shifted back two and a half inches, so it gives it better handling, um, which was also mm -hmm. done on the 911 as well. Mm -hmm. um, but it was originally an ivory color. It's really, really nice, and it's got like uh, houndstooth pepita inserts, and it's the five-speed, yep. not the four-speed. And but they want sixty-three and a half thousand US dollars for it, so it's it's quite expensive, you know. What's that? One hundred and twenty. That's eighty-eight, eighty-eight thousand, eighty-eight thousand Australian dollars. But then when yep. you bring it in, you've got to pay the shipping, which is only about well, five, five thousand, six thousand yeah. duty and luxury car tax. And I found a calculator online. It adds 20K to the car. So that 912 yeah. will land in Australia about 113. 
108. Yep. It lands at about 108,000, and then they always say yep. allocate four to 5,000 just to get it compliance with your Porsche specialist, right? Yep. So it's about 113K. So that brings me back to the that sand beige one, which has reappeared yep. on car sales in Australia, which was originally selling for 82 and a half, and now he wants 92 and a half. Um, yep. But on another side, it's actually advertised for 89. That's a five-speed, that's mm -hmm. matching. You know, it makes that one look kind of good value. Like if you could get that one for 86, Steve, or a little bit less, it, it's kind mm -hmm. of good value because it is very original and it's in very good condition. It's a New York car. Where is he in Melbourne? Yeah, he's in Melbourne. He's in Melbourne. I contacted him ages ago. I don't want to waste his time now. Um, but I yeah. did look into the into the possibility of getting finance because I don't want to spend ca all my cash on it. Um, not in this time. So I looked in the, to the possibility of getting finance. But my situation is very difficult because I live in Bahrain and I want to get a car load in Australia. So see mm. what happens with that. I don't know if I'll go forward with it, but I just wanted to check it out. Mm. The other one, just keep on the 912 for a second. The other one I found is a 1969, which is the year that I want. But it's a four-speed, it's not a five-speed, and that's in uh, UK. It's 39,000. The guy uses it as a daily driver. Um, it's oh, yeah. daily driven. He's yep. done a lot of mechanical work to it, but the interior is pretty messed up. That's kind of the right. one that if you bought it, you'd want to just send it to Gary at Classic FX or something, maybe, and get him to redo the yep. interior, or you know, you just bring it back straight back into Australia and it goes to um, Pro Stitch. But... Yep. That's even that, you know, landed, even though it's only 39,000 pounds if you pay the list price, landed with shipping and everything, it's about 82 and a half. So it's getting up near to the sand beige one. You know what I mean? Right. And then the fact that you have to deal with all that rubbish about dealing with customs and have, making sure your car's insured properly and waiting for the shipping, I don't know, it just yep. seems like a lot of work, you know, when the price is almost close to the one in, um, the one in Melbourne, the sand beige, which will probably sell. Yep. I know a lot of people don't like sand beige. I actually like the color. Yeah, and I it is, it. yeah but it's, it's matching color, as you can see. It's like all, you know, documented. But the thing is, yep. I would be tempted to change the interior to black. I would, mm -hmm. And you can do it. You, you can do it with parts from like uh, Sierra Madre or whatever it's called and the other one. They yep. do have covers for the seats. But I don't know, maybe like Pro Stitch or someone like that in Sydney and, and changing the interior to black. Then it wouldn't be matching because on the spec sheet, it's obviously t tan leather interior. But if you redid the carpets, redid the seats, redid the door cards, and just, just make it a black interior, which is what Zuckerman has. Yep. He has a 911 in that color with black interior, the sand beige with the black interior. Yeah, I was about to say, he's got a sand beige one, doesn't he? Didn't yeah. realize the interior was black. Yeah. Yeah, but I love the color. Don't you Don't you love the color? I think it just looks like... I don't mind it. Yeah, I It don't looks mind like it. that classic 911 color. I don't know. It's yeah. not... I mean, like if you were, if you were to buy... It's period correct. Yeah, it's period correct, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. like you just look yeah. at it and it's right. It's just right. Yep. It's like that, the 356. I'm not a fan of 356s. I don't know. I find them too old. But there's one on Beverly Hills Car Club in black, a 356C, so the latest one, Steve. Mm -hmm. And it's in mm -hmm. black. And it's got red interior. And it's about yep. 64,000 US. And I have to say, yep. the black suits that car so well. I don't know what it is about a black 356, but it looks so much cooler in black, especially with the red interior. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just think there's, uh, there's probably, a, it was going to be almost like a suggestion for a topic unto its own, but um, it's sort of like Rubystone Red is your kind of classic 964 kind of colour. There's 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 colours that sort of match particular eras of cars, um, and I, I know it's probably because they were launched in that colour or whatever else, but just some things kind of go, like it is like period correct. Yeah, true. It's like that. That jade green for Boxsters and 996s, I think it was. 
Yeah. Not my favorite color, but there's yeah. just something kind of right about it. You're right. Yeah, it's like the um, ruby stone red, obviously, the color of Porsche Cool. That's a great color. Mm. And the girl, Turbo Kyoko, is that, I don't know if that's her name, on Instagram, she's got the 80s Cassis Red 911. Cassis Red is a great color. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if I could drive it, but I think it's, it's a great looking color. And I remember they did that color in a, I saw a 92, I think I saw a 928 in that color. There was a 928 once for sale in, in that color in Australia, right. which was, but in the, in the Carrera, in those 80s Carreras, G-Series, is it? They look, um, they look fantastic, that, that color. Never seen, Stone, yeah, Ruby Stone never seen that color in real life. Huh? Yeah. I've never seen Cassis in um, real life. Um, so all those colors are so distinctive, though. Very interesting. But see, I really like Cloud Crayon, and you're not a big fan, are you? I think of the modern colors. I think that's the one that harks back to the old Porsche colors like Fashion Grey and Nardo Grey. I think, I think Crayon ch- or Chalk, wherever you are in the world, whatever they call it, yep. I think that's, that's so close to like, a, a re- like an old Porsche color. I really like it, especially with yeah. black wheels. When you've got the black wheels I, with the crayon, that's it works better with black wheels, though. It doesn't work with platinum or silver wheels. It's not that I don't like it. I actually really do like kind of that tone of car. Like, I think Audi sort of did dolphin grey, um, you know, maybe a couple of years ago. Um, I really like the tone of it. I just, it's just one of those things where I kind of go, oh, um, it, because it's potentially a fashionable colour that in another five years' time, you'll kind of go, oh, you picked that colour because it was the fashion of, you know, 2019 or 2020 sort of thing. So it'll kind of date the car. But doesn't that make it, give it classic, give it more classic enthusiast status in years to come because it is that sort of colour, like all those old colours, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's funny. I know, and, and I do know what you mean, but kind of go the other way. All those sort of really loud colours in like the 90s, you know, like Ruby Stone and um, there was that sort of funny um, green that was sort of turquoise or mint green. Yeah. Um, who in the right mind would kind of order that sort of colour? But now it's kind of cool as all hell sort of thing. So it would have it would have taken really big nuts like to kind of order that colour back in the day, whereas mm. I'd argue that it wouldn't take really big nuts to kind of order like um, uh, chalk or crayon. Yeah, um, right now, so do you see? Do you see what I mean? Like yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Uh, not as not as individual. It'd be interesting, actually. Um, I don't know if there's numbers, but it would be interesting to see how many people did order Rubystone Red and Cassius, Cassius Red, or whatever it is. You know, those sort of colors. Yeah. Be interesting because you're probably yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. They're probably not that many of them. You know what I mean? No, particularly not in this day and age. Like oh, but know, Matt Farah's white, silver, or black. Matt Farah's Carrera that he bought, that he converted to the Lins, Cassis. Yeah, that was Cassis as well, wasn't it? And That's he right. talked about the fact that he was going to um, have it resprayed, and then everybody told him not to, um, so he stuck with it, and now he's kind of happy that he didn't. It's a gr- I, I, I actually like the colour. I do like the colour. Mm. Um, yep. Anyway, we got just Agreed. where do we go? We're going on tangents here. Okay, so that's a nine twelve story. <laughs> Three five six in black. Um, that's a nine twelve story. I'm still I'm still looking. I haven't given up. But then again, as Steve said, I should just buy a GT3, which I haven't given up on either, so something will happen. <laughs> Maybe I'll just end up buying a 991.1 Carrera S with PDK, and then everyone will go, what did you do that for? Don't, yeah, don't do it. <laughs> I've not good, driven one. Um, there's some good so ones for sale. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's a fantastic car, but I think it would be just different. I, I suspect it's not for you. I don't. sounds like it wouldn't be... Um, Interesting enough, not engaging right. enough. 
Um, I just got an email through then that my actually my Porsche parts from that I had done covered in leather have actually now oh, yeah. only only just been sent. Um, so all right, well, that's not good, is it? it took so long. Um, the other thing I want to talk about, and Steve didn't think this was that important, so I want to hear Steve's opinion on this. Um, the Taycan. Uh-oh. I read on Rob Report that the Taycan has outsold the 911 in the US. Um, I thought that was quite groundbreaking because I thought, well, that's showing that people are kind of grasping the electric Porsche concept. And what impact will that have on 911 sales if the Taycan's done this well? Will the 911 hybrid or electric when they eventually bring it out, whether it be 992 or the next generation? Oh, is that what it, you're saying? Yeah. Will it actually I sell see. more no. than what the, the 911 does now? You know, but this, this article, just to touch on this article, um, it made the point that Taycan is the third highest selling vehicle. This is in the US, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the Macan and Cayenne are selling more. Mm-hmm. But the Taycan has become Porsche's highest selling sports car. Now, the one thing that I thought was odd in this article is, one, I didn't realize that the category of the Taycan wasn't called a sports car. I know that when the guy from Porsche was talking, he said, we, didn't, we made the Taycan shorter, the wheelbase shorter, and a bit smaller than the Panamera because we didn't want it to compete with the Panamera and we didn't want it in the same class as the Panamera. That's, that that yeah. was the idea of it. But I didn't realize that, a, that the Taycan would be called a sports car. So it's interesting I, that... Are you sure that's not just the journalist that's kind of written the yeah, thing? Because yeah, I've, maybe, maybe I've listened is. to many podcasts where people have kind of gone, they kind of want to, because it's a Porsche, obviously, they're sort of saying that it's like a very sporty kind of car. But to literally kind of define it as a sports car is actually an overpromise and it's not, it's not a sports car. Right. Because the heading was, oh. you know, that it outsells yeah. the 911. But apparently they sold 1,858 Taycans between July and September, which is in the middle of COVID, mm-hmm. right? And the 911 yeah. sold 1,567 units. Um, mm-hmm. And that is, that is over all of the 15 of the models' uh, different variants. You know, when you think yep. you've got the Taycan, you've got the 4S, you've got the Turbo, and you've got the Turbo S, right? There's no base um, Taycan at the moment. I think it's coming. Yep. So you've got three variants in the Taycan, which still outsold the um, 911. And I guess the Taycan will be something that, you know, you think the sales will be good because obviously there's a lot of orders. I think... Uh, Plus it's the latest and greatest. And, and it's the latest and greatest, yeah, and people that just want to have the first of and the latest and greatest. Exactly. Look at all the Teslas out there. Like, there's so many Teslas, and um, they're not cheap cars. So pe- people have got money to burn in that sort of um, segment. So it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that um, the numbers like I, I actually would have thought that a Taycan would outsell a 911 um, in in sheer numbers, but I don't think that necessarily kind of spells um, doom and gloom for the future of 911s. I didn't think so. I didn't think it would outsell it. But I'm just wondering the the really? full on effect yeah. when they bring out an you know will that 911 hybrid electric will sales go crazy for Porsche when they do that. See, I would think no, because I wouldn't want to buy an electric 911. At the moment, I don't want to buy an electric 911. I would buy an, a, a Taycan, a four-door car, but I don't want an electric yep. 911. Um, yep. The other thing it said too is that, uh, what else did it say? It said that, yeah, basically the Taycan sales were 12% of sales for Porsche US during that third quarter of 2020. So yep. quite successful, huh? Quite successful. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, it's the future of cars, obviously. So it's it's a good thing. Like it's... Not, not, I don't think there's the same kind of uproar. Like, um, it's not like when um, 
Porsche announced that it was going to release an SUV and everybody, all the purists kind of were up in arms, but now everybody realizes that it was good for the company because it meant that, um, you know, it, it was profitable so they could kind of develop all the cars we love. And then to be honest, all the SUVs, like yeah. a Porsche SUV was as good, if not better than most of the other SUVs as well. So they kind of proved their engineering chops. No um, doubt. No doubt when the Macan yeah. electric comes out, it's going to be very popular. The next generation of Macan, I think it, it will go really well. Yeah. I was listening to, I can't remember what it was. Somebody was speculating that, um, that maybe they'd make the Cayman, um, like all electric. So they'd sort of sell like your normal, your normal kind of, uh, four or six cylinder Cayman. And then they would release alongside it an electric Cayman. And it would be interesting to kind of see how the numbers kind of stack up on that. Like maybe it might be a bit more less confronting for purists and everything. If they kind of took the Cayman and made that electric first, like purely, purely a good idea. Then they're sort of testing the ground as well. That would upset people though, because people love the, the petrol, you know, the mid engine feel of that car, right? They say it's like an old sort of, Porsche. Yeah, but if if the Cayman, like the petrol, like the internal combustion engine Cayman still existed, but there was the option to kind of have the EV version of it, right, and right. I guess you just use it as, you know, like your first crack at it and, you know, just sort of see if it works. It's not a bad I, idea. I, I have to yeah, say that the, made the, thing, sense. Made the sense. thing about batteries, right, about battery-powered vehicles or battery-powered hmm. anything, is that I've been watching on Apple Plus um ewan mcgregor charlie borman on their new motorcycle uh-huh. adventure like yep. they're on apple plus now with all the old series and i watched the old ones so you know i kind of thought oh, i'll watch the new one i don't think it's that great but it's interesting they're using harley davidson electric motorcycles mm. and they're using as the as the backup vehicles rimac right i think right. it's rimac rimac utilities now, right. the problem with the motorcycles in the first couple of episodes is they're going through South America and they're in cold climates. The batteries can't charge. They can't charge the right. batteries because it's too cold. You know, the batteries have the yep. operating temperature yep. of minus to plus. So yep. th- they were struggling. They had to bring it indoors, you know, make sure right. it's a heated room to get the battery to yep. actually take the charge. And obviously the battery life is, is not that great because of the fact that you know, because of the temperatures. Hmm. So I, I, I don't know. How do they do this when they test cars? You know, they always test cars in deserts and they leave them out in deserts or they take them to extreme cold temperatures when you see them doing their, their, their final testing. Hmm. How is that covered in a battery-operated vehicle? You know, if you're in a really, really cold climate, how is it going to function? This is what... I don't know if I've read anything or seen anything about this, Steve. You know, even in Europe, like when you're in, you live in Austria and you've got an electric Taycan, how... How's the battery charging going to work if it's that cold? They just guess no that people idea. are going to charge yeah. their car in a garage? Surely they've tested all that sort of stuff. But it was interesting to watch with these motorcycles, these Harley-Davidson motorcycles, which were like prototypes yeah. that they gave them. You know, they developed them for yeah. the show. And obviously great for product, Harley-Davidson. Product because, placement. Yeah. yeah, but great for Harley-Davidson because they get all the testing data, right? And I think the yeah. Rimac, I think I'm pretty sure it's Rimac, the Rimac utility or service trucks they've got, you can see it's all yep. set up. They're, they're obviously collecting data as well. Do you know what I mean? So they get to right. use these and the companies can work out how they perform. But battery life yep. is, is still a bit weird to me. I still don't understand how it works in, in really cold temperatures because I don't think battery technology has developed that much, has it? Uh, yeah, funny. I Again, I was listening to something else that was talking about, or maybe it was the same um, podcast or article. They were just speculating that um, electric cars at the moment are 
as kind of good as they can get and at the moment like it's limited by the battery technology so and until they sort of make like proper big progress with the batteries um the cars themselves you know like um may not advance as quickly as they they could do uh, and and clearly it will because that's surely if um anybody's investing money in anything it'll be in kind of that um that part of um the automotive industry in terms of um batteries and that sort of technology but i mean i like being an early adopter you know we like to have things when they come out but when it comes to an electric car i think i just want to wait a bit still wait a bit longer just to see what happens you know yeah just sounds like particularly in sydney same problem i uh, not that i know that many people or i don't know that many people at all that have electric cars but i'd assume that um our charging infrastructure would be worse than london or um, yeah. la and stuff that, that's and, the problem with australia that the infrastructure at least in the uk is really well set up i mean tell tesla yeah. superchargers hey i just saw something earlier we'll just get on to the 997 in a second but I, I, mm. I saw something earlier on one of the news uh, things on Apple News that someone on a Tesla website or Tesla blog, that someone was driving their Tesla Model 3 or Model S. You know how they have the glass roof? Yep. Apparently the roof just <laughs> came off. Fell out? Yikes. <laughs> like the glue gave way or something. I don't know if the story's true. I just read it and I thought, man, they're qual- Tesla, you know, they, they seem to sell a lot of cars with their quality control. And then you see those videos on YouTube where the gap is like this much on one side, yeah. an inch or two and a half centimeters on one side and the other side is like half of that. Like it's so inconsistent, yeah. you know. I don't know if I could do it. I think it would bug me too much. At that much money, if it had that many, I know the technology is supposed to be fantastic, but if the quality is shit, I, I couldn't live with it, Steve. I couldn't do it. It's just different. It sounds like a different mindset. Def- like I know it's a bit of a cliche, but... um just sounds very disposable, which kind of is okay when it's a phone. Like even when you consider like, you know, the latest iPhone is still going to be two grand, which is like a shitload of money. Um, that pales in comparison to thinking about, you know, like what a EV kind of costs. And if the same mindset is that um, it's not going to last forever. I mean, yeah. I think that's one of the things about Porsche is like you just make this assumption, particularly with a 911, that... Um, you know, this is the car that you can potentially buy and then just kind of give to your great grandkids and it'll yeah. still kind of function and all that. Yeah, yeah, true. I was watching, I was listening, sorry, to Spike's Car Radio yesterday, an older one I'm still catching up, mm. and it was the yep. complaint show, I think it was, the complaint show. Um, <laughs> They're quite good, the complaint ones. Yeah, and they were talking about, oh, they were talking about car forums, you know what I mean? How car yep. forums always attack people when you put a post up there, you know, if you don't know something. Oh, yes, yes, you know yes, yes. If you don't own a Porsche. But I thought it was funny yeah. when they got onto the Tesla forums, like, yeah, don't go there. It's like some kind of religious group. It's like it's a cult. It's yeah. like a religious cult. <laughs> and it's yeah. so weird. that te- It feels like that. This is what I didn't like when we had that Tesla when we got the Model X in London when Tasha's father rented it and we went to the supercharger. You stand there, you yeah. feel like it's, I don't know, it's, it's weird. There's people sleeping in their cars while it's charging. There's other people going to the cafeteria where it's set up and there's other people like talking to each other. It's very weird. It feels like it's not like, you know, when you go to the petrol station, you fill up, you just want to get out. Now yeah. you have to actually stand there and talk to people. If, if, if Socialize a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I just yeah. want to do it quickly, you know? Not my but, forte. Yeah, I know. It's not quick enough. Um, the other thing, uh, okay, that's about it, I think. The other thing we're going to talk about <laughs> is uh, Steve and I were chatting about this again. And um, what are we calling it, Steve? The perfect 997 spec. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah, we were just, just chatting about... Um, 
the original available kind of options from the factory. Um, I because like you know you you bought a second hand as did I nine nine seven. Never had the opportunity to kind of order a car from scratch. Um, obviously these days when you kind of look at nine nine ones and nine nine twos, maybe particularly because of the exclusive program, um, sounds like you could kind of order the weirdest wackiest things. So. I um I'd never looked into what were available options from the factory in 997 so we were just sort of digging around with that. Yeah, and because you know everyone knows all our listeners know that Steve and I love the 997. There's other people out there who have have left the 997 brotherhood, they've moved on to 991 PDKs. <laughs> um <laughs> not mentioning any names. But you know, each to their own, each to their own. We're sticking with the 997 for now. But in 2004 2005 Steve when the when the 997 mm. 1.1 came out is that mm. compared to today where it's so easy, you know, let's be honest, you go to a configurator, you can see the render, you can see it in 3D, you know, you can even get an app now and see it in your driveway with the Porsche AR app or whatever it's called. You know, you've got mm. all these tools and, and not that long ago, you didn't have the tools, right? If you were buying a 997, as per when I bought my, you know, oh, my uh, Audi that time when I bought it from spec and ordered it as I wanted it and it came yep. to, came in three months later. You know, you didn't have that that visual visual uh, reference. All you had was the catalogs. You never really knew what were the, all the options. I don't think the dealers ever ever showed you all the options. Really, I know with Audi, I'm sure they didn't. They couldn't have, could they? Yeah, but then today, you know, then today you have mm. this thing where you have the configurator. You can do it. So, you know, Steve found a couple of references. He found, uh, what did you find? You found the guide, the order guide for 2009 for 997.2. Uh, what for was the US. other thing you found, the GT? Uh, just, a, it was a brochure. It's something I had on file because I just kind of collect that stuff, which okay. was um, the official brochure for um, the point one um, GT3 and GT3 RS. Okay. Um, and I was just just fishing around to sort of see, like, for example, you know, like if I could kind of go and buy um, a brand new 997 GT3 or RS, what were the actual kind of options? Like, were there kind of the wacky things? Because, for example, I sent you uh, a thing I saw on Instagram that um, Jeff Cheron in the States yes. had um, – color matched fire extinguishers <laughs> yeah you know like he's he's got a collection of different kind of greens like an oak, oak green and a different kind of green um speedster etc um his fire extinguish where did they come from i thought they were factory i just assumed they were factory they are factory because they look really cool they look really really i cool. don't yeah I, I i don't know if they're factory or not but i've just assumed that these days, you could pretty much order, if you've got enough money, you can order anything that you kind of want. But back in 997, when 997s were brand new, um, I guess the exclusive program was probably nowhere near as prolific. And I don't think the options list, um, if there was such a thing as a configurator, um, no, is they clearly had, not as extensive to, as well. I think the dealers, I, and I'm basing this on that thing I watched with Magnus Walker with the head of exclusive options. I think dealers had things hmm. that could be exclusive option like what they yep. call exclusive option now. Then there was that other thing, yep. if you wanted something done outside of that, Porsche had to approve it, which I still think they do yeah. today, which is CXX, isn't it? Isn't it called CXX yeah, yeah, program? Yeah. And they call it some German name, which I can't remember off the top of my head. It was some German name, and that was like above exclusive option, which were things they mm -hmm. don't normally do, but they might do for you if, if they think it's in keeping yep. with the design of the car. 
Yeah, but I think what Steve said, you know, like we don't, I don't know anyone who who bought a nine nine seven new. You know what I mean? I don't know anyone that spec'd it out to the exact way they want it. And I think even fifteen years ago, were people that were people optioning their cars that much? I don't know if they were. Do you know what I mean? And I think back to the Audi. I mean? think most people. Well, I think most people that are buying options, they might say, oh, okay, add the navigation in and add the Xenon lights, just say for an Audi. But they might not add all the other little things. Some of the things that when I bought mine, I added into it. Do you know what yes. I mean? And I think the 907 yeah. is probably true. I think there's key things that people would have bought, you know, like sports yep. exhaust, you know, color obviously yep. is an option, but color is just a general option. Navigation, I think, came with navigation. You know, you could get an add-on to the navigation. But I don't know because you see a lot of the 911s for, and leather, full leather. Yes. But you see a lot of the 9- 997s for sale and most of them aren't well optioned, are they? Not really. I know in Australia they're not. And even yeah, the ones no, I see in really. the UK, not really, not really. Not really. But and so that sort of made me kind of wonder whether or not um, there actually were like interesting kind of options to be had. And I guess maybe there wasn't. It's. Uh, I'll give you a different example. Um, uh, I think we we spoke about it on um, text. Um, there was a black GT3, 907.1 GT3. I think it actually popped back up at, um, maybe it's at Auto House actually. Um, but it had, it was specified with a um, black painted um, console trim. So oh, where the PCM one. is in front yes, of yes. it, yeah. And I'd never seen that as an option before, but um, in the ad, um, the original ad, it was noted as being a factory option. And I'd never seen that before. And it's like, oh, that's so cool because I hate volcano grow. Yeah. I hate the volca- volcano grow in my car. Um, but I never knew that you could kind of get that um, out of the factory. That must be because if you look at the, that spec sheet that I found on Redbook in Australia, which is redbook.com.au, yep. which is basically like Blue Book yep. in the US, the value site that always undervalues your car. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <Yep. you know, laughs> undervalues it by 50% usually um, maybe it should be brown book yeah when you look at the specs on that there's nothing about the black painted yeah. and you're right when you showed that to me originally that listing it was like who wouldn't option that you know what I mean if you didn't who would want the volcano grey if you could do that it must have been like a CXX option or a special one of the really special options because I it's not on the normal options list, but maybe it was Porsche exclusive yeah. at the time. Maybe it was there and people just didn't know about it. Because I think at that time, because there's no, there's, you know, now the configurator has, it'll tell you it's exclusive manufacturer, right? It'll tell you that, yep. that that's the option you're getting. But yep. you're at the mercy of the dealer, right? You're at the mercy of the guy taking your order back in 2005 or 2004 or whatever you bought your 997.1 or 2009 in 997.2 you're at the mercy of the dealer telling you what these options are because how could you find it out otherwise unless you contact porsche directly yeah and like it obviously then like different tangent to that conversation like use the black painted trim as an example um you could probably kind of if, if you were aware of it, you go inspect that, um, you know, you tick a box on your kind of list when you're buying your brand new car and no doubt they're charging you thousands for that. But on the other hand, you could take it to your really good paint shop or go to um, bumper plugs in the States and get that painted for like a couple hundred dollars. So it's just a funny one. I just, yeah, I didn't realize that some mm. of those things were um, available out of the factory. So that is just basically black, what, gloss painted, is it? Um, in the pictures, it looks, like? it looks like that. Yeah. What color is the mean, car, though? Black. Yes. 
So is it, and he's saying, he definitely said it was from factory, right? It was a factory option. Uh, originally, like this car got sold, I think a couple of months ago, and then it's back on um, the market. Um, and I think it might be at Autohouse again. So I wonder, because the 997, obviously, I think the 997, right? You could get the center, the whole center console painted in body color. I think that was an option. I don't You're talking about the thing down near your elbow around the, the gear shift and yeah, the, yeah, the um, console, handbrake. Yeah, the full console, yeah. yeah, or the whole console. But I'm goes. talking about the um, the plastic surrounds that kind of go around the climate control on the stereo and all that yeah, sort no, of stuff. Yeah, no, I understand. But that console painted was, I think, a, an option. It was a common option that was, that was listed. Yes, I it think. is. It is. Yeah, it's listed, right? Yes, it is. So that means it's a the PCN... $1,490 option, according to your... Brown Book um, website. See, that was a lot, wasn't it? That was actually quite a lot when you think about it. Fourteen ninety. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. I mean, Steve and I are looking at the Red Book. Uh, you can go and have a look at it. You just go to redbook.com.au and you put in 06911 Carrera Manual and it comes up with all the original options. Um, and it actually yep. has prices in Australian dollars. Um, I want to get onto yep. the GT3 thing that Steve has as well. But, you know, some of the yep. options, I mean, you could have got a carbon fiber dashboard. Where's that? That's the third one. And it's like 6,000. And it says, if you hover over it, Steve, it says leather trimmed oh, yeah. air vents, carbon fiber interior inserts. So that was actually an option, a carbon fiber dashboard. You hover, it gives you what Oh, was I know what that is. Remember? So remember I sent you a link from that wrecker on eBay? That, that's actually the kind of, um, the vents are in carbon and um, the horizontal kind of bits in the vents itself are kind of um, trimmed in leather. Right. That's what that is. Right, right. I mean, but like this, that's, this, and for mm. $6,000, that's crazy. <laughs> it's a lot of money. I mean, there's a list here. I mean, how many items are on this list? I don't really want to count them. There's what, 50? More? I don't know. 60 yeah. or something, different options. Something like that. I mean, that. there's the yep. basic ones that you could have ordered, like floor mats, park assist system, which yep. mine has. Mine has the factory one. Steve's doesn't. Um, yep. <laughs> sports. You can't, you can't get a GT3 <laughs> with park assist. <laughs> Sports, <laughs> Steve, Steve has a GT3 with Park Assist. What are you doing? It's a race car. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to curb my wheels. Um, sports suspension, stainless steel tailpipes, you know, all the normal sort of things that you see today. Um, hmm. The seat rest, the seat, uh, back of the seat in leather, tire pressure monitoring. See, none of mine. I go through all these, these, uh, these options. I mean, yes. mine doesn't have hardly any. Uh, they have the short throw, so you've got the short shifter, which is fifteen hundred and ninety Australian dollars at the time, which seems yep. like very expensive considering I bought my short shifter for what three hundred quid, the nine nine seven one, and that's a factory one that was three hundred yep. quid, and and originally they were selling it for sixteen hundred Aussie dollars, so that's that's basically two and a half times the price. Um, yeah. I guess that's fitted, so say mine was a thousand, but it's still you know. 50% more. Um, you can still get the, you could, could have got the carbon fiber scuff plates. Yes. I don't know. I mean, if I was specking my 997 from this, I would, yep. I reckon that I would only pick um, the leather interior, not in two-tone, not in special, just the normal leather interior. I think I would pick a leather mm -hmm. interior. And that is, at the time it was leather gear knob, leather handbrake lever, leather inserts in doors, leather seats, leather steering wheel, whole dash covered and center console. So basically what Nick has in his Carrera 4S, and that's priced at yep. 13, this is in, on a 997.1, that's priced at basically 13,000 Australian dollars for that option, which is a lot. It seems a lot more than what it is now. Do you know what I mean? Is that, that's color to sample. Color to sample, it? yeah. Maybe um, it's not color to sample. That's got, different. I don't they think got it would, special yeah. color. Maybe it's special color. 
which is 8,000. Yeah. So it's 8,000 to 13,000 for the leather. I probably would have got Sports Chrono if I was doing it, which was $2,100. Um, I wouldn't on a GT3. That's actually one that uh, I've got it. in my car and it's completely pointless. Yep. Sports Suspension, I'd probably get that. Is that yep. PS Pasm? Is that basically PASM? Yep. Is that what they're saying? Yeah. So sports suspension yep. is about four and a half thousand uh, Australian dollars. It doesn't say PASM though, it just maybe, says sports suspension. Yeah, in the later cars, that's sort of where it was specced with um, uh, shorter springs and stuff like that. So uh, I'm not okay. sure on a 997. Um, then it has things. I'm not going to go through all of these. Colored seatbelts. I would have opted for colored seatbelts. I probably would have got yet red or yellow in the my silver. One of the two colors, yep. red or yellow seatbelts. I would too. I'd go red. Yep. yep. Park assist system mine has. That was a $1,600 option. So that's that was yep. good. Mine had that. Porsche mats. Floor, floor mats in any car when you're configuring. I think it's just a no-brainer. You just get floor mats. It's crazy that it's $790, though. <laughs> $790. And you repl- you got replacement floor mats for your car recently. There wasn't $790 Australian dollars, was it? I did. I think it was generally when I get a new-to-me car, I generally go and buy a new set of floor mats because it just sort of makes it much nicer. I, yeah. I remember doing that in the GT3 and I didn't pay $790 and I did go to the dealership and then um, I do my usual kind of thing and just kind of scour eBay, Gumtree, all those sorts of places and eventually somebody kind of sells you a set for like a few hundred dollars tops and they're in yeah. really good condition. Dealership is good if you remember or the my tip. Mm. Sorry, my tip for floor mats is to kind of get Lloyd's mats out of the States. Yeah, I was going to say Lloyd mats is the one. Like I said, I want to get that back shelf one. We've been talking about it for a while. That is something I will. Yeah, problem with Lloyd's mats though is um, they're very, they're very um, sketchy and indecisive about whether they want to make right-hand drive mats for you or not. Like I've successfully done it many times on the 993, and then I tried to do it on the 997, and they wouldn't do it. So oh, I thought they listed it really on the weird. website. I know they have a whole configurator on Lloyd's. I went to one place where they had a Lloyd's configurator, and you could configure it all, and it has said right-hand drive. Mm. Maybe it's changed. Yeah. I always used to order them through um, the Fister Motorsports guys. Yeah, And yeah. Um, they'd always try to wrangle it for me, but they just couldn't get um, 997 mats happening. The thing about buying parts from Porsche dealers, I have to say, and, and the one thing I remember when I was there at Christmas and I went into Porsche South Sydney to buy some part, mm. and I can't remember what it was, Steve. I went had to buy and buy something, and there was a guy in there, an older guy, who had a 70s, um, 70s 911, and he was waiting. Mm-hmm. I was getting served before him, and I said, oh, here's my Porsche Club membership, you know, to get discount. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the guy went away, the guy that served me at the parts center there, and the guy who owns a 7911, he, um, mm. he said, oh, do you get discount for Porsche Club? I said, yeah. He said, yeah. he said, I've been buying so many things and I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, how many other yep. people? Like, it's a worthwhile discount, right? It's 10% discount. So sometimes in Australia, it makes a difference to, you know, buying something online from overseas and paying for the shipping and waiting and just buying it from yep. Porsche South Sydney, especially little pieces, you know, like that, the fuel tank filler thing that I bought, a hinge that I bought. You know what I mean? It's pointless getting it ordered. Did you buy that in the end? Yeah, I bought it. I haven't fitted it though. I bought it. Yeah, I saw I saw a part of um, on eBay. I can't remember how much it was. Because they said mine was cracked, but I still couldn't find the crack. It didn't cost me very much. I think it was like ten bucks or something. $15. They said the same about mine, and yeah. I could not be asked. I don't know why they were checking that, honestly. Um, <laughs> seriously, you're going to check so many little things. Um, what else on this option list? I, you know what? There's not a lot more. I might have gone for carbon fiber, maybe. Maybe. I don't know mm-hmm. back then. Maybe I would have done carbon fiber, like the seals in carbon fiber. Or the aluminium. Maybe the aluminium, the stainless steel seals I would have done. Um, what yeah, else? Yeah, it depends Colored, on 
Depends on the color of your car. Colored dials. Colored dials, I can't stand. Um, I'll put it out there. It's very subjective, but um, colored dials and colored um, sports chrono dial is not my thing. Yep. And then you've got, you know, paint color to sample, 10,000, almost 10,000 Australian dollars, or paint special exterior color. God knows what that was. And wheels painted in body color. That's the one I found quite Mm. weird. That they actually, because I know that's an option on the new configurator, right? Where you can. Make your 911 pretty much as ugly as you want. Yep. Wheels in body color was back was still available as an option on a 997 or a Porsche 911 back in 2005 for three thousand yeah. almost two thousand nine hundred dollars Australian. Here's one for you. Like, um, imagine if I painted my wheels, my GT3 wheels white. What would you think about that to match the color of my car? The outside of your wheel. Yeah. Or the in, the outside of the wheel. It's weird, you know, because when you see that 959, the 959 yep. with the white painted wheels. Yep. Have you seen that one? The iconic. I think I have, yep. It looks yeah. pretty cool. I have to say it looks pretty cool. Yeah. I don't There's know. There's a bit of a test. I was wondering, like, I kind of go, white wheels, you're kidding, man. Like, that that would look terrible. But then I you, think, think about, mm. you think about the greatest 911 of all time, the... Um, rs 4.0 and it was white and quite often came with white wheels and probably everybody thinks it's like the coolest thing in the world i guess if you have you have two sets of gt3 wheels don't you You have a spare set i do so you have the ones steve has the ones on his car just tell people tell listeners what you've got steve so the ones that came on the car when i bought it um have the silver outer rim it's painted not um not cut and then the black the the sort of spokes uh black so it it's looks like a the old style fuchs wheel that's one set that's on the car at the moment and then i've got another set which are painted um weiss gold the sort of champagne kind of light gold color yeah and the black was like. from the factory option that's how they came with your car right that was yeah respect with that and on my car weiss gold was never an option it's a factory color but it was um it's a gt G, a 997.2 GT3 RS wheel color. Yeah, it's a great color. It really is a good color, the white mm. gold. I'm just wondering, though, if you painted it white, I mean, I think it's a great experiment. I think it's something that would be great to do. I wouldn't do it. I wasn't serious. No, I, but I'm just saying, maybe you need to do it just heinous, to test. But... Maybe you, just, maybe you yeah. should do it. Maybe you should just get one painted white and then put it on your <laughs> car and see if you like it. Could do. Could do. You know, just you could even do, if you want, that thing that you really like on the new 991s where you have the black pinstripe around the outside of it. Oh, can't stand that as well. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, you know what I'm saying. Like sometimes white wheels look cool on um, different coloured cars. Like I think red cars with white wheels, like in some sort of motorsport cir- circles, yeah. are kind of cool. But um, just yeah, white white car with white wheels. I watched that guy on YouTube that's got the Bugatti. You just bought a Bugatti Veyron, and he just put white wheels right. on it. And honestly, it looks hideous. I, I just think it looks, <laughs> it looks hideous. I mean, the 959, yeah. I understand. Like, you see the 959, it looks pretty. It looks cool. I saw the picture even yesterday on Instagram, and it does look very, mm-hmm. very cool. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think the interesting thing about this option list, and I, I might put these documents, the one that you sent me, Steve, the two that you sent me, yep. and I might PDF yep. this one from Redbook, and I'll put them on Patreon for members to look at if they want to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's mm-hmm. there. But you know what? I think, you know, even this wheel center cap with logo, they're saying it's 490 Australian dollars. Now I bought those center caps and I think they cost me 200 odd in the UK. 
300 maybe Australian dollars in the UK. So it's weird that all these prices mm-hmm. at option at, at, at launch are very high compared to the part now. The parts have actually, you know, we think OEM parts are expensive, but these some of these uh, launch prices seem a lot more expensive than, than what they're selling for at this point in time. Even the door yeah, seals, right. Steve, even the door seals, the door seals are 1,090 Australian dollars. Actually, that's cheap. That's the leather trim door seals. So that must be the inner door seals that we just did. So that's pretty mm, much what, this, that's almost like what Lunas charged me for mine. Actually, is there any chance that this um, Red Book price list is not accurate? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess they've got it, sourced it from somewhere. I mean, it's been up for yeah. ages. This, I remember looking at this before I bought my 997 and, and seeing all these things. But I guess, I guess the main thing is, you know, with the 997, you know, hmm. most 997 owners um, add parts to their car get you know mods whether it be get the leather parts covered whether they get new seals and i think that's the beauty of porsche and the beauty of the, the 997 there's so many people out there whether it be oem or you know non-oem artisans that do leather parts you know wherever you are in the world there's always someone that's working on it and you can make your car unique and you know you're not really at a disadvantage that you didn't spec the car new and in fact you know the 997 is quite easy to to make it look better. Um, like I said before, the only yeah. thing that I always yeah. find the most difficult thing is if you want a leather interior, things like the dash and stuff, they can be done. They become very expensive. Those sort of things, obviously, it would have been good to spec a car from you and get those things logged in. Like you said earlier, Steve, yep. you know, you wouldn't have bought, you said you wouldn't have spec'd a, a Porsche sports exhaust. You would just do an aftermarket one, which I thought was interesting. You know what I mean? Because if I, yeah, if I look a for of... a car now, I think, oh, it should, it should have a PSE. If I was buying a 991, it should have PSE. Why do you say that? Because yours didn't. Yeah. I don't know because I know to get that switchable exhaust system, it never looks like factory. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't always seem... But you, these You have days, like a push button thing that people have, you know, and, and things like that. And I don't know, getting the exhaust to sound right as well. Like I, like I keep I saying... I suppose these days, for example, you can buy... you So you can obviously buy like a off-the-shelf a Kropovich or whatever um, exhaust and it's got the valves in it and you can switch them on and off. So um, that, that... And that's the reason why I kind of go, well, um, I wouldn't necessarily kind of hanker for that um, option yeah. if I was buying a brand it's new... It's a cost though, isn't but, it? I mean, to, to fit a yeah. full switchable exhaust is, is a lot of hours. It's a lot of work. Yep. What about the GT3... Um, brochure the gt3 options or yeah, they the, didn't have yeah, many did they no because obviously it's a very sort of specific car um you're pretty much in the territory of is it a club sport package or a non-club sport and i think it's probably um well, i'll speak for myself a bit of a no-brainer to to kind of go for a club sport package which then includes the roll cage the carbon backed bucket fixed bucket fixed back bucket seats um fire extinguish fire extinguisher and the harness like driver side um racing harness so i would have thought that that's a worth worthwhile thing steve did you have to get the yeah. seats in the fire retardant material or could you option them in Alcantara? Well, yeah that's a funny one because when when you kind of flick through all this material it always um describes it as being in the purlon the fire retardant Perlon, sort of things right. yeah. but um Clearly, it came with leather and the Alcantara, or either leather with the leather insert or leather with an Alcantara insert. Um, but um, just on the stuff that we're kind of um, looking through, I've never seen it. I haven't seen it um, noted as a as an option. 
Yeah, because I'm looking at these. I'm even looking at these colors, you know, on the colors for the 911 GT3, not for the GT3 RS in this brochure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. And this is 997.1, right, this brochure? Yes, yes. Yeah, 997.1. And it's got, you know, solid exterior colors, which is what you have, Carrera White. Then it yep. has a metallic silver color. Carrara colors. White. Carrara, right? Sorry. Carrara mm. White, sorry. I read that wrong. Um, and special exterior colors. And this is yep. an interesting one. Slate gray metallic. I did not realize yep. that slate gray was an option, a color you could have optioned the GT3 in. Because slate gray is the old 911 color, right? Slate gray is one of those old colors, which was a flat. Uh, slate gray was... Flat color. I know that was a... Oh, no, I don't think so. It used to be a flat so, color, it? Porsche flat color. Now it's a, it, was, it was offered as a metallic color. Uh, maybe it's just, just... Maybe they've reused the name. I don't know. Um, I know it was a color that was popular in... Um, 993s and I think previously maybe even on 964s. But even if you look at this, and I don't know if you have that other reference material of the colours that, that were sold in Australia for yes. the 997, but I don't think yeah. I've ever seen any slate grey metallic. There's another colour called pine green metallic, which I've never heard of. Yeah. There's, I've seen lapis yeah. blue metallic GT3s, I think. GT silver, of course. Carmen, Carmen red spent, spelt C-A-R-M-O-N, not carmine red, it's carmon red. I don't think I've ever seen that. So this... Dark gray this thing that you're GT3. looking at is the yeah. the UK the UK brochure as well, not Australian. Oh, okay, okay. So maybe there weren't colours that were available in Australia, but there's some interesting colours there you could expect. Like that that actually is quite nice in the GT3 if you would expect it from new. You know what I mean? Here's mm. the thing: your car has steel brakes. If you were specking a yep. 997 in the day, GT3, yes, would you speak uh, spec the the ceramic? Um, I reckon. Oh, very hard to say. Yes, I reckon I would. Like, if money was no object and all that sort of stuff, even purely for pose value to kind of have the yellow calipers and all that sort of stuff, probably. Um, but admittedly, you know, like, I think I'm influenced by um, that um, podcast where Andy Proninger um, got on um, Spike yeah, Ferriston. Yeah, I know. That's in my head, too, and, every time I see Yeah, and he yeah. sort of said, like, one of the must-have kind of options is, um, is the ceramics. So... Like I, I know for sure that I would never kind of use it to its full cap full capability, etc. But um, I guess if Andy Poninger reckons that it's a worthwhile option, that who am I to argue? Well, he's he was obviously referring to you know new GT3s or whatever. And I guess mm. if you look back fifteen years or whatever, uh, when the GT3 mm. or whatever how many years it was fifteen years, um, ceramic brakes maybe then were a little bit scarier than what they are now. Um, yeah, it seems yeah. more people spec them now, and also it was that cost that people were saying, you know, it's going to cost you twenty grand to, to get them and twenty grand to replace them or whatever. So I don't know if that's a figure. I'm just saying, like high it amounts still does. of money. Yeah. It does high amounts still of money. Costly. But you know yeah. what Steve said that conversation with um, um, the head of sport, uh, Porsche GT with uh, AP yep. as they call him on yep. Spike's car radio, wasn't it, or Matt Farah? I can't remember what it was. Spike's car radio. No, Spike. Yeah, and he made the point: lightweight buckets. He says lightweight buckets are more comfortable than the comfort seats. He said they are more comfortable for long drives. He'd just done a 400-mile drive in it or something. I think this was the same podcast. Mm. And then ceramics. That was basically it, wasn't it? And manual. No, he wasn't keen on He doesn't didn't say manual. He, he thought PDK was actually... It depends. He's, he said um, if you're going to drive mainly on the street, go for a manual. If you're going to do a lot more track time and you care about your, um, your physical... Um, lap times um then pdk but obviously in the um 997 it wasn't available so it was just available in mm. manual only right that was it nothing else yeah yeah 
Um, but yeah. it's interesting I've, seeing I've this. I've never driven... Mm. Sorry, I've never driven a 997 with um, ceramics, and I'd actually be super keen to kind of actually have a go in one and actually see what the difference is. Can you change your brakes to ceramics? Yeah, you can. Or Easy. Does it need any other tuning in the ECU? And it, nothing else has changed, right? It's just you can just I upgrade them? wouldn't know, but I know that you can do it quite easily. Like people often, um, there's sets of used ones that come up on um, things like eBay all the time, but they're, they're still heinously expensive. They're like 13, 14 grand. There's been a set sort of sitting there for ages. Really? Um, so and I think... You just switch them out then. The th- I think switch out your steel brakes for the ceramics. Because some people change their ceramics back to steel, right? So I guess you can go the other yeah, way as yeah, well. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're it's no the bigger though. The, the calipers fits in the wheel. It's no bigger or anything. There's no change, right? Because no, they're, they're all bigger. They're, they're bigger. All the same. Yeah. They're no, bigger. no, they're bigger. The the discs on a the ceramic discs are three hundred eighty mil and uh, steels are three fifty mil. So how um, does so the wheel can still accommodate that? The standard GT three wheel obviously can accommodate the yeah. bigger disc. Yeah. So it fills out. I think. So is that what's nice about ceramics? It's not just the color; it's the fact that it's bigger, and the fact that it does fill out the wheel more. That the disc does actually fill it out. More. Yeah, I think if you weren't doing it for pose value, it's supposed to still be all about unsprung weight and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I think. But pretend, pretend it's me, and you know, like I had money to burn, like as in me today. Would I go and um, go and buy this used set of um, nine nine seven ceramics and stick them on my car? Um, probably not, because you kind of go. The technology has progressed, so the actual kind of um, the hardware itself probably isn't as good as the ceramics of this day and age. So, like, yeah. why would you go and spend fourteen grand on old? like older kind oh, of versions yeah, good of point, it. Good point. But if you're looking for a 991.2 GT3 and it had ceramics, it definitely wouldn't turn you off. You'd still buy them. I wouldn't. I oh, think yeah, I then would, for sure. Yeah, I would definitely. Yes, for sure. And, and for I sure. think you'd probably almost try and search out one with it because it just adds to the whole thing. If you're going to keep that car for a while, you would actually take the ceramics. Yeah, I just, I guess if you're kind of shopping for a $300,000 car, like hell, <laughs> Throw the extra kind of 10, 15 or whatever it is and yeah, just do it, true, right? true. But anyway, it's, uh, you know, I thought it was interesting looking back at the old specs and seeing what you could get for the money um, mm. and how you can still make your car, you know, spec the way you want now. I mean, we all, you know, we're still adding things. You're adding things. I'm adding things. Um, some yeah. things in keeping with the option list, some things that were never available on the option list, like your wood shifter, for example. You know, there's, there's still things yeah, you can yeah, add yeah. to make your 997 pretty special. I was just I was interested though because it it is nowhere near as sort of personalized like the options aren't as um specific or personalized as they probably are these days so a bit of a yeah. sign of the times kind of thing. I mean the configurator if you're bored and you want to go onto it and I mean I I go onto it every now and again and just build things. I mean I find it quite mm. interesting. I'm always surprised by the price though that what it adds up how you can get options <laughs> up to 60,000 Australian dollars in options for a you know, for a 992 Carrera, you know, 992 Carrera S, it's like crazy amount of money you could you could go. And I guess it comes down yeah. to the point is how much do you really need? You know what I mean? You know, you can have all well, these options and you, you can have all these electronic things and half the time do you really need them? You know what I mean? No. I mean, I get in my 997 and you get into your GT3. I don't, you know, half the time I don't have the music on. I never really listen to music in the car. I just listen to the car. You know what I mean? And I don't mm. really want anything. And the thing that I, like I said, I like the interior to look good. It would have been good to have, you know, still might have been nice to have the PSE, but I'm happy with the Fista. 
The one thing that I wish I did have is it was spec with xenons and not just the normal lights because the normal lights are a bit weak. They are very yep. weak. And yep. I'm going to rectify that with the bulbs that I bought, you know, two years ago that I never fitted. But I will put those yep. bulbs in that everyone was talking about, which were good. So because I have a couple of sets of those, so I'll put them in um, yep. when I get back to Sydney. So that's that's my, you know, it can still be solved basically. Well, for what it's worth with my car, like after just finding all this stuff and then just looking through it, I, it kind of made me realize that the car that I bought is pretty close to the way that I probably would have ideally spec'd it had I had the option. Good um, point, actually. I probably would have. I would have ditched Sports Chrono. Um, my car came with the full red taillights, um, which I don't really like, so I kind of swapped them over, but that was an easy fix. Um Car came with a whole bunch of carbon, which I quite like. Um, it came with Ooh, the tyre pressure monitors, mm. which yes. I quite, I actually quite like. I know a lot of people on Renlist don't, but I find it handy. Um, yeah, I wish I had those. Actually. And the Xenons, like you sort of said, um, the Xenons are good. So um, No, I have to admit, out of our both, I mean, your car was a really good spec. I mean, you were you know, fortunate to find that car in Australia. Lucky, and that, yeah. Yeah, that spec is, is a really good spec. I love the wheels, the black and the silver reels i think the wheels look great you know and i like them better than yeah, just like all silver too. um and then the leather yep. interior just adds to it um the yep. pearl on seats i didn't have a problem with it but now i when you said you're going to change them and then you've changed them with it to the alcantara leather obviously they do look a lot better it looks a lot more richer in inside the cabin but there was nothing wrong with the pearl on it was okay nothing wrong with pearl on. it's just interesting it's interesting because they've seemed to become very sought after because they've kind of got that motorsport heritage but um yeah, yeah. In terms of the feel of the fabric and everything, it's actually not just not as nice. But again, I guess you're probably not thinking about that if you're kind of um, if you're tracking your car and all that sort of stuff, yeah. as opposed to just driving around the streets. Yeah, true, true. All right, Steve. Anything else cool. before we go? I think we've hit the nope. our time limit today. So we've yeah, talked yeah, about all good. We've talked about perfect Porsche 997 in a way. Uh, we talked about 9112 shopping my 9112, and we've talked about the Taycan, which. Steve doesn't think it's that important, which it probably isn't actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that surprising. <laughs> it's not that surprising. Okay, it's not that surprising. Um, yeah. All right. We'll leave it there. Cool, man. All right. Thanks again, Steve. Thanks for uh, no worries. joining by Zoom. Hopefully this sounds okay today. Um, if you haven't uh, given us a rating on Apple Podcasts, um, please give us a star rating. If you have time, write us a review. And if you haven't followed us already, we're on uh, Instagram, Porsche Cooled. And we're also on Patreon, as I said before. Um, thanks, Steve. See you next week. No worries, mate. Have a good one. Thanks, everyone. And thanks for listening. Bye for now.